Hello, this is Matt with uh, Rob. Hello. And Patty. Hi. And this is Mindful Conversations. And we're going to be talking today about self-worth. And we're going to be talking about, in this conversation, what it means to continue this integrative process of maturity. Definitely. It is a journey. And in that journey, we are growing more aware to begin with about maybe if you've been listening to this podcast series, you have got some insight into this process. But again, like always, we have some pre-recording conversations. And I think Rob used all of his words in terms of being able to wrap this series up next time, maybe this time, maybe next time. But by way of uh, comedy, how do you wrap up a cloud? How do you how do you wrap up a cloud? And if you know the answer, you can't say it. I don't know the answer. A rainbow. Aww. <laughs> boom. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are continuing this series on maturity and intimacy. And uh, Dr. Rob, you just conceptualized uh, before we hit the record button. A thought about um, going back to a prior episode on authoritative mes- messages. Yes. And can you maybe help us to connect some dots here regarding this identity formation, this integrative process of maturity in regard to some of the foundational thoughts about the authoritative messages that have shaped our life? Definitely. In this model authority or influence and authoritative or influential messages help to format or defragment our identity. So if the messages are you're valued in terms of self-worth, you're wanted, you're needed, you're important, and you're special, that those are the kinds of authoritative messages that as we receive growing up and even encounter as adults, help to defragment our identity. From there, once you have the identity piece, it's it's both and. It's fluid yet sequential. You move on to self-worth and then ultimately self-control. So from a developmental perspective, the family unit, the family of origin, is the first contributor to our identities. And from there, those self-worth and the self-control are sequential in what follows. Mm -hmm. And we'll be talking in depth today about self-worth. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, Because we're looking at a a little diagram that is within the context of this material that, Dr. Rob, you have created. And it is a sequential fluid model of maturity and development. And... um, you know, we talked a lot about for like five episodes, we talked about identity, right? How you, how you think, feel and act, right? right? And uh, although it's related to the concept of self-control, we will wrap that up um, in our next episode under self-control where we'll, we'll be able to wrap up all of these concepts of maturity, right? Mm-hmm. Which ultimately leads to intimacy. Remember the end game is the idea that I have enough maturity that I, I know myself to some degree 
and I have some degree of integrativeness to my identity. Yes. And, I, and I'm able to um, share and be known, but also have the capacity to know others. So in sharing intimacy or intimate spaces with people, that's not sexual, that's emotional. Yes, it's both and too in the context of marriage or relationship. But the reality is in our culture, we appear to want to be intimate. We're kind of designed for intimacy, community, connection. But it's like it almost in our culture magically happens. And I don't personally buy into that. I think it's with intentionality. And the elements that need to be focused on are the authority, the identity, the self-worth, and self-control. Because if those are reasonably well, we'll say adjusted, maturity is going to be the byproduct of that. Mm-hmm. And then maturity facilitates intimacy because you I don't think you can have intimacy without maturity mm-hmm. yeah they're looking at me and the truth is as I go back and forth from being confused about this all of this <laughs> to really understanding it and thinking that I have a really good grasp on it I do too Patty everything <laughs> me the, the reason why I glance over to you is to look for hope <laughs> I think and if you and if and if you if you report <laughs> confusion, then um, I start to nosedive. How do we pull this thing? So you're making me back. responsible for your emotional well-being. Isn't that maturity? Displacing <laughs> my insecurities on somebody else, so you can carry that in your own backpack. I, I think the word is immaturity. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, well, in the process, I, I do realize that the the journey of maturity is is a lifetime. So I stopped racing down this road. Yes. And I've started walking and strolling. Um, there's a lot to see, and it's enjoyable when you're pacing um, more realistically. So we are talking about self-worth. So let's let's start with a good definition about what self-worth is. In this model, it's defined as what value or worth a person places on him or herself. Or so you're thinking in terms of value. And in our culture, when something is valued, theoretically, we take care of it. When something is devalued, it gets treated like you would expect. Mm-hmm. So I'm a Jeep guy. And so when I own a Jeep, that's value to me. So I take care of it. Mm-hmm. I, I treat it with respect and I make sure it's well cared for. Same is true for my marriage. I value my marriage. So I work at making sure that I'm meeting the needs or attending to as best I know how my wife's, um, you know, my wife's request or whatever. So when you talk about self-worth, some people call it self-esteem. I personally like the word worth better because I feel like there are a lot of definitions about self-esteem and they're academic and they range all over the map. A sense of value 
is present in all cultures. Mm -hmm. They know what they value. And so when I personally consider myself to be of value, I treat others and myself with the respect that that value carries. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it does. I mean, this for me, um, clinically as a, as a licensed counselor, I, I work a lot from the basis of self-concept. Mm-hmm. So the way a person sees themselves is very important to my work because you can believe what somebody else thinks about you, but that can come and go like a parent, um, a boss, a coworker, um, performance related accolades, right? Yeah. But I have to choose to believe, and that's why I do like the word self-esteem, um, because I want to believe in myself. Um, I want to esteem myself. So I could esteem you, but I want to be able to esteem or to take notice of the virtues that are honorable or things that are of value to me, that I am of value. But you're basing it on you. Some wait, authority. wait, wait, wait. You just use the word but. Whenever you say but, <laughs> and I'm not saying two T's, I'm saying one T, B U T. You negate everything I just said, and I'm offended, honestly. Okay. And Thank how you. is that? Thank and you. somehow you have based your esteem on authoritative messages. So self, even if it's self-authoritative, most often that doesn't, most people I don't think that works for. For instance, if my, the family of origin is the number one contributor to identity and it's those, those authoritative messages. So mm-hmm. if I receive, habitually receive the message that I'm unwanted, I'm not valuable to you as my parent or I'm not valuable to you as my significant other, I will be treated that way by them and eventually treat myself that way. And so that will then form a construct. Yes. Or a schema, some kind of an internal cognitive system that makes you believe that that's true. Exactly. And when you do a side-by-side comparison frequently, like with your clients or with others, there's almost, um, I wouldn't say a carbon copy uh, comparison, but it would be similar. So if I grew up hearing you're stupid, then my internal dialogue schema, my internal dialogue is I'm dumb. Mm-hmm. So it's not a, it's not always, or it could be, but it's not always, what I see is not always um, a carbon copy. Right. It's modified somehow. So you're stupid, you're dumb, you're unwanted. Nobody's going to want me. I'm an idiot. Not only that, but no matter how much evidence piles up around you to prove the opposite, it's not enough to change that belief, that core belief. Patty, you're exactly right, because it's the authoritative messages have had time to root and grow. So you have to be intentional about... It doesn't matter how many degrees I get. Nope. doesn't matter how no. much I achieve. No, and that's... It doesn't matter. no. I agree because you'll see that you'll hear the rich talk about it. You'll hear the well-educated. It's like, I thought it was going to do this. I thought it was going to, you know, make me feel better about myself. And it doesn't. That's the community. When I have, when you have credibility in my life, 
and you're sending me messages of value to Patty's point, and I'm intentionally dealing with that, then that carries some weight. Are you saying that I could no longer be sarcastic in our banter? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. Okay. It's your sarcasm that makes you enduring. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> you know, um, you're bringing up something. This this section of the conversation is very rich and deep for me because as a 55-year-old man, uh, yeah, mother, father, both deceased, uh, three sisters, one brother deceased. Um, I was the last of five kids. And um, the reality is my parents were kind of done parenting by the time I came around. Mm-hmm. So I had a long leash. That was not good. I took advantage of that, mm-hmm. right? And so um, I, I, think, I think back, I, I got along well with people, um, authority figures, coaches, teachers, right? I was like a C student in school, like, um, you know, middle school, high school, that kind of stuff. But um, I was very, I was very uh, naive and very pliable. I was very, um, what's the word? Uh, and I was impressionable. Thank you for that interpretation of my mind. Um, but as I've grown into an adult and I've, I've understood you know, what emotional health is, I have then, although there's authority figures or messages that have shaped my identity, the reality is I've, I've kind of put the hand up to that. And, and I have said, wait a minute, there's, there's a different authority that I want to yield to, to inform me of who I really am. And so I don't know where that happens or when that happens for um, our adult uh, development. But for me, it's my relationship with God. And I came to a place late in my, in my faith that I really decided I was going to pursue an identity that isn't bestowed upon me from people, but really bestowed upon me uh, from God. And an aspect of that was adoption. Oh. Right, yeah. which is an identity feature. Worth... Another aspect of the faith perspective is sacrifices are the ultimate value communicators. If, if Patty needs something from me and I am unwilling to make a sacrifice, which is well within my capability, I shouldn't be surprised when she assesses the relationship as important to her, but not as important to me. Jesus died on the cross in the faith perspective. That's the ultimate sacrifice. No greater love does a person have than to lay down their life. There is probably no more potent communicator of value than I lay down my life. I make sacrifices for. That sounds like really healthy leadership. It is. It's servant leadership. It's I am making sacrifices. And I can do this. I can do it for the people who is close to me, and I can do it for the people who may not be so close to me. They will probably not recognize my sacrifices. So going back to my marriage, the more I'm able to sacrifice for my wife and kids, whether they recognize it or not, on some level they understand it, I'm communicating high value. 
you're worth something to me, and I'm willing to pay the price to take care of that. Okay, so you just identified that you have made a decision that this person is worth sacrificing for. Exactly. Now they, on the other hand, have to interpret that for their for themselves. Yes. They may not necessarily interpret that they are worthy of that sacrifice. Exactly. And it's back to Patty. Patty's point, which is like, you can have these messages, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be received. We're, pa- we're, 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 we're pausing for a moment because <laughs> an um, awkward pause. Pa- Patty, Patty has that, that, that thousand miles. She's thinking stare. and she's smart. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, what I'm hearing is, is that then my value is dependent on the behavior of others. Yes. And no, to Matt's point, as you grow, you can then reclaim that. As a child, I'm dependent. Yeah. But as I grow and I mature, he said it, I put a hand out to it. So it's it's both and. Our focus on self-worth, I tend to think of where are the primary contributors? Where are the, as a developmentalist, where are the early influences in life, right, that contribute to my sense of value? But the beautiful thing about autonomy and self-will and decisions is I do have some authority. I do have, I, I, as I grow, as my mind matures, I do have the ability to intentionally influence these, these variables. So even though I may have received a rejection message as a child, I can modify that narrative as an adult. Kind of like taking responsibility for ourselves. Exactly. And now we're taking now we're back to what we talked about with act, think, and feel. I have to take responsibility. To your point, if I farm that responsibility out, I am at the mercy of someone else. And while that's understandable and a reality, it's probably not a good idea to completely farm that responsibility out. I would see that as an immature dynamic. Are you hearing this, Matt? I am. <laughs> I'm not I'm not hearing, but I am listening. This is our intervention with you. <laughs> I knew it. You guys are shysters. Is that your authoritative message to me? That's my that's that's my autonomy and my independence of being my own person. I get to say yes to who I want to say yes to and no to who I want to say no to. So, so with this said, there is a, a reality that people, regardless of age, will not get this message and they will not conform to the image that they would prefer based on their own understanding of value or worth. Yeah. They will always be dependent on somebody else to bestow that value or worth upon them for them to feel good about themselves. Exactly. And that to me is immaturity because the goal to Patty's point is intradependence, not dependence. It's a mutual. I love that word. Intra. I like it too. Intradependence versus. um, Dependence. Dependence. Yeah. Like like codependency. Right. Right. Where you have two dysfunctional people who, who match each other's needs 
and they form an enmeshment in relationship, that's the, the basis is dysfunction. Yeah. And in this model, there are four authoritative messages that I believe everybody needs to hear. You're wanted, you're needed, you're important to the family, that's the identity piece, and you're special, you're valued. So you're wanted speaks to belonging, speaks to our need to belong. You're needed speaks to our purpose, like a pen and paper are needed. That's a that's a purpose. You're important to the family, and it can be it can be a biological, it can be a, an adopted family, or in the case of faith, you're adopted into the faith family. That's an identity piece because they're the number one contributors to identity. And then you're special because we all need to be special. I say it to my kids, you're special because you're handmade by God. Because handmade things are frequently more valuable, even if they're not material or um, financially more valuable, mm-hmm. right? It's more important to me that my kid drew me a picture. I, I want that over a Picasso. Mm-hmm. So so that's the value. You're wanted, you're needed, you're important to the family, and you're special. And those messages, directly and indirectly, when they connect with identity formation, give me a sense of value. You're sending a message of value. And I believe that message of value. Mm -hmm. And ideally, as you're developing as a child, those messages are really important. Uh, Again, spoken directly and indirectly. And then when I get into an adult and I'm, I'm autonomous, I'm independent, I have a foundation, I have identity. I I may not be able to totally, it's not identity is lost. I'm, I'm intentional about developing it. But in early years, I'm at the mercy of others. So I'm when I when I can start to contribute to my own identity formation, mm-hmm. I'm doing it from a foundation of value and worth. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, a female who hasn't had this, a male comes along and abuses or treats them poorly. They, men can do this too, but they think, okay, this is as good as, this is as good as it gets because this is all I'm worth. So instead of, instead of being treated like we were talking about at the beginning or at, uh, off, off recording, instead of being treated like a Lamborghini, I'm, I'm allowing myself to be treated like a dilapidated Volkswagen. No offense to Volkswagen lovers, but it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's night and day. Mm -hmm. And, and we don't recognize our value because many times we're surrounded by people who do not value us. Bingo. I've heard it said, I don't know who would be ascribed the responsible author of this, this, this thought, but you basically become the sum total of the five closest people you associate with. Yeah. I mean, you basically become who you hang out with. Yeah. So if you're looking at the characters around you, that's who you are. That's what's being basically, that's what's influencing you. Yeah. So if you don't like what you're hanging out with, be careful because it's it's rubbing off on you. Yeah. I was going to say the same can be said. If you like who you're hanging out with, look carefully. And you're looking at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I can't 
I can't manipulate or choose what happened to me in childhood. I can influence it as an adult. I can take personal responsibility for that. And I can give people credibility. So even though I may not think of myself as smart or handsome or some of the um, the measures of worth or esteem that we use in our culture, I can be intentional. Patty is smart. I respect her. I respect you. When you say certain things of value to me, I may not believe it, but I can entertain it, and then I can give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. So that helps That helps then bolster my self-worth, or mm-hmm. in your words, a sense of self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, again, the the one of the aspects of the end of this journey is self-acceptance. Can, can you speak to that and, and for a moment about what is self-acceptance? Self-acceptance to me is recognizing my inherent value and accepting that value. Okay, so would it be wrong, coming back to my faith formation, where I have accepted what God says about me? Uh, okay, so uh, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians in the New Testament, chapter 2, verse 10, I am God's masterpiece. Yes. You know, like you said, um, I am special or handmade by God. So I love pottery. Yeah. Um, I love pictures of pottery. I think, Patty, I shared a picture in our circle of trust group at one point um, some time ago. But I love the idea of the potter's hands being on a pliable piece of clay that's being formed or shaped into a vessel. That's the metaphor the scripture uses. It's... it's, it's, I'm shaping, I'm contributing. The authoritative message, God is an authoritative figure, says to you, you're valuable. Psalms 139, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And then that self-acceptance, I can accept the uniqueness with strengths, weaknesses, flaws, brokenness, whatever. I can have value, you know, the pottery might not be formed perfectly or there might be outside mm-hmm. outside um, um, scars or whatever mm-hmm. doesn't decrease the value. So by the simple fact that I was born, I am worthy, not necessarily more or less worthy, but worthy, period. Yes, you're worth. That's what we don't understand. We base, I would argue, we base our worth on my ability to perform and so or looks or hair or gender (laughs) or gender it's like that race right so we've got all this stuff people are valuable period they are worth being treated with dignity and respect how the brokenness and the dysfunction plays out that is a, a a an issue, it's worthy of attention, but it doesn't eradicate the high value of human life. And where we get into trouble is when we devalue it. That is the world system. Yes. Is conditional values. Yes. And for sure, punitive damage based on devaluing, using shame, using guilt, condemnation to Hatred. shape you. Cancel yep. culture. To, Cancel. Yeah. yeah. What, what did you say? The cancel culture that is rampant right now. If Somebody I says something wrong, 
um, block them, ban them, don't buy their wares. Yeah, wow. and it's subjective. Eliminate them. It's it's based on somebody's authority somewhere, but it's it's frequently subjective. It's like if I'm a Hollywood superstar and I want to cancel somebody, then my influence is used to to compromise because mm-hmm. they don't I don't agree with them or right. something. So I think in terms of um, a therapeutic orientation, Carl Rogers, yes, uh, came up with this idea of unconditional positive regard. Yep, person centered. Um, you know, therapeutic orientation. Yeah. Um, where I care about the person. I hold the person in high regard. Right. And at the basis of that is value and worth. So I hold the person in high regard in that they are, they have a right to be here. They have a right to be known. They have a right to be whoever they are. And I unconditionally can hold them in regard. I don't have to be in agreement right. with their choices or things like that, but they're a human being created by God, and I am to hold them in regard unconditionally. And when I do that, it's so much easier to love from that posture. I think so. Where there's no judgment in regard to my regarding somebody, where I can fully be present, fully listen, fully attune, to who they are, and to be able to understand them. In regards to value, that's that's exactly right. It, and it and I think, I don't know if I can articulate this well, but I think what happens in our culture, we know the brain doesn't make good distinctions. And so we, we hear in disagreement, you don't value me. Mm-hmm. That's not... And you, because you don't value me, I'm not worth something to you. So now there's all kinds of things that follow. That's it, just the opposite can be true. Because I value you, I can push against you, right? I can enter into conflict if I think you're doing something that's harmful or mm-hmm. something like that. So that's a piece too. But in our culture, I think we confuse acceptance and value. Mm-hmm. I value all people. I don't accept or agree with everything that everybody does, mm-hmm. just like they don't for me. Yeah. So there's that combination that somehow it's playing out in a very unhealthy way within our culture. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, again, it's 30 minutes. This podcast is already to 30 minutes. It always does this every time we do this. So we need to start um, wrapping up with our thoughts, but... Um, if you're listening and you're hearing this message that you are wanted, listen to that. You're wanted, you're needed, you're important, and you're special. I, and in my context, because you're handmade by God. Yeah. So listen to that. Listen to that message. You're wanted, you're needed, you are important, and you are special. Whatever message has been spoken in your life, take time to consider where did that message come from? What is this renewed message? Where is it coming from? And how will it help to shape and form you based on the reality of its validity 
and its reliability. It's important to see yourself in high regard. Yeah, because the value that you equate yourself to is going to translate into the behaviors of how you treat yourself and others. So when we think about the last episode of this series, self-control, can you just share what we're going to be talking about next time to wrap this up? Yeah, we're, I think we're going to try and tie this model together. We, we started today where you think about self-control. I'm responsible for how I act, think, and feel, that identity piece. And then how, how this, in this particular model, there's a sequential component authority identity self-worth and self-control and they're fluid so we'll be we'll i think we'll just be tying it wrapping it all up okay in a nice beautiful bow a rainbow a rainbow <laughs> a rainbow there you go well again it's been a pleasure being with you patty and rob roberto likewise and uh hopefully this episode is continuing to give you something to think about as always don't let this conversation stop here. Pick this conversation up with somebody. Maybe invite somebody to listen to this episode so it can uh, facilitate even deeper conversations um, with a friend, a spouse, a child. Um, because world domination is our goal. We want, <laughs> we want more subscribers. No, seriously. We appreciate you listening. We hope that your day continues to go well wherever that may lead you. Blessings. Blessings.